0: Well, good morning. It is Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. Slava, Ukraine. Harorium Slava. Hump day. Hump day. Uh, PV TV. Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Tell your friends to Google those four words. Political Views TV Podcast. And I'll show up right at the top of the search. In case I haven't told you, uh, I'd like to mention, I really appreciate you coming every day. It's very nice of you. If you can, please bring someone with you today or tomorrow. Tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at CyberClub, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on formerly Twitter. Uh, let's, uh, let's start as we usually do with the uh, war in Ukraine. In a video posted on formerly Twitter announcing a sit-down interview with Putin yesterday, The first interview Putin has granted with a Western media figure since his full-scale invasion of Ukraine two years ago. Little bitch boy, Tucker Carlson, predictably and dishonestly villainized the press. The right-wing extremist sociopath who has lauded autocrats in recent years claiming English-speaking outlets are corrupt and lie to their audience as they disseminate propaganda of the ugliest kind. I think Carlson might have gone a little bit too far. I don't think Republicans are going to like him uh, praising Russia, but we'll see. Uh, Carlson said, At the same time our politicians and media outlets have been doing this, promoting a foreign leader like he's a new consumer brand, not a single Western journalist has bothered to interview the president of the other country involved in the conflict. Vladimir Putin. Uh, To that I say... (coughs) It's because they can't be honest with their questioning because they'll be jailed, you ninny. Putin not only has declined to participate in interviews with the free press, but over the past two years he has waged the war against the media, locking up journalists... Finding big tech companies for hosting what he calls, uh, you know, his words, fake information about the Ukraine invasion and pushing through censorship laws that clamp down on news organizations. There isn't a news organization within uh, uh, Russia's borders. Plus, what Carlson censorship laws, uh, what, excuse me, plus what Carlson says is just a huge lie Uh, Every news organization has requested an interview with Putin. Every single one of them. Even I would do an interview with Putin. It is true that no Western journalist has interviewed Putin since the onset of the war, but it isn't for a lack of trying. The actual reason is quite simple. Putin has declined to grant access, a fact that should uh, should make it all The more obvious as to why Carlson, of all people, has been welcomed into the Kremlin palace, while others have been denied. Asked today why Carlson was granted an interview, Kremlin spokespuppet Dmitry Pesky Peskov said he has a position that differs from the others. It is in no way pro-Russian, nor is it pro-Ukrainian. It is pro-American but at least it contrasts sharply with the position of these traditional Anglo-Saxon media outlets. Susan Glazer, the New York, uh, New Yorker writer who previously served as uh, the Washington Post's Moscow bureau co-chief, said it is most striking to see Carlson justify his interview with Putin and a trip to Russia as the work of a journalist. At a time when Western journalists are literally sitting in jail for having done nothing wrong other than seeking to report independently in Putin's Russia. Not to mention the many Russian journalists who face imprisonment or exile in the effort to continue their work. And let's not forget, some uh, journalists have, many journalists from Russia have fled the country, fled Russia, so they would not be jailed. Glazer added, or Glasser, I guess, uh, real journalism, unfortunately, is a crime in Putin's Russia. Will his report, meaning, you know, uh, uh, Carlson, Tucker Carlson, will his report from there acknowledge this? Of course it won't. You know, of course it won't, because then he would be in jail. Let me just remind you, Tucker Carlson, was fired from Fox News. Fox News thought he was too radical. Yes, that Fox News fired Tucker Carlson. Okay. Uh, The United States and Russia traded accusations at the United Nations Security Council, uh, the UNSC uh, meeting on Ukraine, uh, called by Moscow Uh, The U.S. accused Russia of firing at least nine North Korean-supplied missiles at Ukraine and urged UNSC members to hold the two countries accountable for breaching U.N. sanctions on Pyongyang. Moscow, meanwhile, accused uh, Washington of being a direct accomplice in last month's crash of a Russian military transport plane in the Belgorod region, uh, of which we still don't have proof there were prisoners there. Moscow has claimed Kyiv shot down the plane. Ukraine has neither confirmed nor denied its involvement and has called for an international investigation. Uh, Ukraine said it has arrested five former and current uh, intelligence officers it said were secretly working for Russia. The SBU said the suspects were caught passing information to Russia's FSB security service about Ukrainian military sites its defensive fortifications, personal personal data, and strategic energy facilities. Zelensky ordered the creation of a separate branch of Ukraine's armed forces devoted to drone warfare recently. uh, Zeluzny last week said that drones were the key to winning. In December, Zelensky said Ukraine would produce a million drones in 2024. And of course, remember that uh, one company, um, uh, the Turkish company, is going to be building drones there. UN nuclear watchdog chief Rafael Grossi visited the Russian-occupied Zaporizhzhia nuclear power plant in in Ukraine and, uh, and said there were enough wells on site to supply cooling ponds. The International Atomic Energy Agency also rotated its team of observers who are permanently stationed there. Russia's upper house of parliament has asked the finance ministry to draw up a law that would impose retaliatory measures on the west if it moves against frozen Russian assets. The Financial Times reported on the uh, uh, on February 3rd that the G7 had drawn up plans to use frozen Russian assets as collateral to raise money to help Ukraine. New Wagner Group leader Anton Yelizarov Yeleza- has uh, claimed the Wagner Group is building a new headquarters after merging with Russia's National Guard. He said, we are building a camp so that the new units, a volunteer unit that will be formed, w- uh, which will become part of the volunteer corps of so the Russian National Guard, Rosgardia, can arrive and settle. Uh, Britain's Ministry of, uh, Nas- uh, of Defense said the so-called Cossack. Uh, Cossack camp would almost certainly be based in Russia's southern city of Rostov. The Russian Defense Ministry said today Russia's air defense systems destroyed seven Ukraine-launched rockets and two drones over the uh, southwestern region of Belgorod. The Ukrainian strike was carried out with Czech-made vampire rockets, the same type which, according to Moscow, was used in deadly strikes on the city of Belgorod in late December. Ukraine's Air Force said Russia launched a missile attack on Kyiv and other Ukrainian cities this morning, killing one person in the south and triggering air defense systems in the capital, where several blasts were heard. Uh, Two loud explosions were heard in the center of the city at around 7 a.m., with at least two more 45 minutes later on. The Kyiv Post reported one of the reporters heard air defense uh, engaging multiple projectiles and saw one in air explosion. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky said two people had been killed in the capital, Kiev, in a Russian missile attack. Zelensky said on Telegram, In Kiev, more than 10 people were injured. As of now, we know of about two dead. There may be more people under the rubble. Ukraine's air defense shot down 29 missiles and 15 drones launched by Russia in a massive attack today. Ukrainian Army Chief Valery Zaluzhny said Russian forces launched 64 missiles and drones in several waves of the attack a total of 44 missiles and drones were downed uh, mayor Vitali uh, can I buy a val klitschko said uh, parts of the capital kyiv were without electricity on uh, wednesday after uh, on wednesday after a down russian missile damaged power lines now that i have your attention let's move on let's try and fix the rest of the world have some coffee here hamas said it has given its response to a framework proposal for a new ceasefire in gaza the details of the deal set out by israel the u.s qatar and egypt have just been released They are calling for a phased Israeli withdrawal during a a four-and-a-half-month truce and a plan to permanently end the war. The Palestinian uh, Palestinian militant group that rules Gaza has proposed a three-phase deal, each lasting 45 days, that would also see the release of hostages held in the enclave in exchange for Palestinian Uh, prisoners in Israel, including those serving life sentences, as well as the start of a massive humanitarian and rebuilding effort. It hasn't demanded an immediate end to the war. Negotiations for a permanent ceasefire would take place during the truce. The Hamas uh, response uh, has been met with optimism by some of the parties involved, but one Israeli official said there was no way his country would accept it. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has vowed repeatedly that the war will not end until there is complete victory over Hamas, which includes killing Hamas leadership and uh, that it will take time, months, not years. Under Hamas, uh, Hamas's counterproposal, the first phase of the ceasefire would include release of hostages in Gaza, including women and children under 19 years old, who aren't enlisted in the Israeli military, as well as the elderly and the sick, in exchange for all Palestinian female, juvenile, sick, and elderly uh, elderly Palestinian prisoners, as well as... 500 prisoners named by Hamas, including those with life sentences and convictions for serious crimes. It would also include intensifying humanitarian aid, moving Israeli forces outside populated areas, a temporary cessation of military operations and aerial reconnaissance, the start of reconstruction work and allowing the United Nations and its agencies to provide humanitarian services, and establish housing camps. It would also see the return of displaced Palestinians to their homes in all areas of the Strip and would ensure freedom of movement without obstruction. In addition, the first phase would include starting indirect talks on the uh, requirements necessary for a complete cease fire and negotiations on the details for the second and third phases. The second phase, Hamas, has proposed, would would see the conclusion of talks on a mutual cessation of hostilities. During the second phase, all male hostages in Gaza, civilians, and military personnel would be released in exchange for a specified number of Palestinian prisoners, and Israeli forces would have to completely exit Gaza. Phase three would aim to exchange bodies, And remains of those killed on both sides. It also stipulates that all crossings from the Gaza Strip be open for trade to resume and so people can move without obstacles. Israel would commit to provide Gaza with its electricity and water needs. Finally, Hamas proposes that the guarantors of the agreement would be Egypt, Qatar, Turkey, Russia, and the United Nations. It does not include the U.S. among the guarantors. Israel and the U.S. have both said they are reviewing Hamas's response. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, who is currently in the Middle East, said he would discuss Hamas's response with officials in Israel today. Uh, Biden described it as a little over the top, suggesting that Israel leadership will not easily agree to what the group is asking. And I would definitely agree with that. I doubt, I, there's no way Israel will do any of this. A senior Hamas official told the BBC uh, the group had presented a positive vision in response to the framework, but had asked for some amendments relating to the rebuilding of Gaza, the return of its residents to their homes, and the provisions for those who have been displaced. The, the official said Hamas had also asked for changes relating to the treatment of those injured, including their return home and transfers to hospitals abroad. Qatari Prime Minister Sheikh Mohammed bin Abdul Rahman uh, Alfani has described Hamas's response as positive in general. But like I said, Israel, no way, no way, no. How will Israel go for this? <coughs> I would be very surprised. Uh, NORAD detected and tracked four Russian military aircraft operating in the Alaska Air Defense Identification Zone, the ADIS, uh, yesterday. According to a statement, the Russian aircraft remained in international airspace and did not enter American or Canadian sovereign airspace. The Russian activity in the Alaska Ages occurs regularly and is not seen as a threat. Russia's defense ministry issued a press release about a long range training flight by bombers to the Arctic that might offer a description of some of the Russian bombers in this incident, saying that two uh, Tu-160 strategic missile carriers performed a flight over the neutral waters of the Arctic Ocean and the Laptev Sea, lasting over 10 hours. The commander of the long-range aviation, Lieutenant General Sergei Kobylash. Uh, whose words were reported to the Russian Ministry of Defense said the flight was carried out in strict accordance with the international rules for the use of airspace. Long range aviation pilots regularly fly over the neutral waters of the Arctic, North Atlantic, Black and Baltic seas and the Pacific Ocean. Uh, And I, you know what? Yeah, this 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 is nothing. Really, it's nothing. I don't even know why I included it. As we've said, the EU has been fighting with Viktor Orban about his backsliding democracy in Hungary. Uh, the European Commission has announced it has taken the first step in legal action against Hungary over a new law that it says violates the principle of democracy. Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban has for years clashed with Brussels over de- democratic norms. In recent months, the relationship has further soured amid concerns that an increasingly isolated Hungarian government is pursuing a Russian-friendly policy, foreign policy and undermining Western unity. While Budapest has argued it is carrying out reforms in line with the EU request, critics say Orban is moving to further consolidate his power at home. In December, you got to listen to this law, it's crazy, in December, Hungary, Hungary's parliament approved a law that creates a new sovereignty protection office with broad powers to investigate Hungarian ac- Hungarians active in public life. In other words, violating rights to privacy. The new office which is led by a figure with close links to the ruling Fidesz party, can ask Hungary's intelligence services for information on individuals and organizations, all without judicial oversight. The commission said the commission considers that the Hungarian legislation at stake violates several provisions of primary and secondary EU law. It provided a long list of EU standards that it believes the new law undermines, including the principle of democracy and the electoral rights of EU citizens, as well as the right to protection of personal data, the freedom of expression and information, the freedom of association, the electoral rights of EU citizens, the right to an effective remedy and to a fair trial. The U.S. government has also criticized the law. In an interview with The Guardian last month, the U.S. ambassador in Budapest, David Pressman, said that the creation of the new Sovereignty Protection Office represented a serious step backwards in Hungary's democracy. The European Commission said Hungary had two months to reply to the letter. A Republican effort to push through a standalone military aid package for Israel failed to clear the U.S. House yesterday, with members of Congressional Progressive Caucus condemning the proposed $17.6 billion in unconditional assistance for a government that stands accused uh, on the world stage of committing genocide in the Gaza Strip. Uh, remember, Biden threatened to veto it anyway. Uh, the legislation needs two-thirds support to pass the House under a suspension of the rules, which is how it was brought. The final tally was 250 to 180, more than 30 votes shy, with 166 Democrats and 14 Republicans voting no. I would say there is a chance Israel aid could pass if paired with Ukrainian aid. That's what I would say. And at that point, you may as well add a Taiwan aid, right? Uh, today. Today. Senate Republicans are expected to block consideration of the broader Supplemental Security Package over the border agreement. This is the border, uh, Ukraine, Israel, uh, uh, Taiwan, everything together, uh, which they claim is insu- is sufficiently harsh. A position right in line with that of former President Donald Trump. It's quite simple. Republicans have no backbone. Let me just put it that way. Majority Leader Chuck Schumer uh, from New York told Senate Democrats he plans to force a vote today on an Israel and Ukraine aid package stripped of border security provisions after Republicans made clear they would block a move to take up the entire bipartisan border security and foreign aid bill in the afternoon. If it gets the 60 votes needed for adoption, the procedural motion this afternoon would tee up a vote later this week on the pared down supplemental aid package which includes aid to the warring countries and taiwan senate minority leader mitch mcconnell of kentucky who supported the 118 billion dollar border security bill that a group of republican senators negotiated with democrats expressed support for a vote on the supplemental aid bill without the border provision during a leadership news conference yesterday i'm sure uh, Republicans will try to tank this also. <clears throat> and far-left uh, Democrats will try and ta- tank it too because of the Israeli aid. The standalone Israel-, Israel package wasn't the only failure by the Republican House. The do-nothing House. I and, and you know what? By the way, just to point out how horrible this do-nothing Congress has been... The actual do-nothing Congress of 1947-48 actually did considerably more than this Congress. I I mean, like three times more. Uh, Because of this Congress's incompetence and obstruction by the Republican House, this Congress has no match in history of how dysfunctional it has been. That's all I'm going to say about that that part of it. Uh, But but moving on. And we knew... This Mayorkas impeachment, just like the Biden impeachment, was on serious, shaky ground. That's the vote I'm talking about. The Republican-controlled House has failed to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over the Biden administration's handling of the U.S.-Mexico border. Yesterday, vote ended months of time wasting by the Republican House, and yet they want to bring it for a vote again in a week, wasting more time. When it came down to the vote, Democrats were united against the charges, and Republicans, who have a razor-thin majority in the House, needed almost every vote they had to approve the two articles of impeachment against Mayorkas. They fell short. The articles to impeach Mayorkas failed by a razor-thin margin of 214 to 216 three Republicans opposed impeaching the secretary over concerns the GOP simply harbors policy disagreements with Mayorkas over how to address the crisis at the southern border. Representative Ken Buck from Colorado, a Republican. Uh, uh, Representative Mike Gallander, Gallagher, Republican of Wisconsin, and Representative Tom McClintock, Republican of right here in California, were the three GOP lawmakers who voted against impeaching Mayorkas. I, they were concerned that this would open up, uh, uh, um, I, I, I guess, I, I guess a slippery slope where then impeachment, Dem- and when Democrats are in power, they would impeach anybody they wanted to. And that's what they were concerned about. Uh so moving on. This will fail to pass, but it would be nice. Yesterday's legislation was introduced yesterday. Legislation was introduced that would close a loophole that lets billionaire, uh, billionaires donate assets to dark money organizations without paying any taxes. The US tax code allows write-offs when appreciated. Assets such as shares of stock are donated to charity. But the tax breaks doesn't apply when the assets are given to political groups. However, donations to 501C4 organizations, which are allowed to engage in some political activity as long as, it is, as it's not their primary purpose, are exempt from capital gains taxes. A loophole that Senator Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode Island and Representative Judy Chu of California uh, both Democrats are looking to shudder with their End Tax Breaks for Dark Money Act. I, okay. You know how I like it when, when laws that are trying to be passed spell something. Can I just say you missed the boat on an obvious name for this bill? It should have been called the End Breaks on Taxes for Dark Money Act. That would have been called the EBT for Dark Money Act. Right? It's now the E-T-B. It should have been the E-B-T. Oh, They missed They missed it. They missed it. Uh, White House, uh, Sheldon White House, a member of the Senate Judiciary Committee who has focused in- extensively on the corrupting effects of dark money, said the need for the bill was made clear by what ProPublica and the Lever investigative outlets reported in 2022 that billionaire manufacturing magnate Barry Seed donated his 100% ownership stake in Trip Light, a maker of electrical equipment to Marble Freedom Trust, a group controlled by Federalist Society co-chairman Leonard Leo, the guy who refuses to come before Congress. Uh, The donation completed in 2021 was worth $1.6 billion to Leonard Leo. The structure of the gift allowed C to avoid up to $400 million in taxes. If passed, the End Tax Breaks for Dark Money Act would ensure that donations of appreciated assets to 501c4 organizations are subject to, subjected to the same rules as gifts to political action committees and parties. A robocall that used an AI voice resembling Biden's advise New Hampshire's voters against voting in the state presidential primary has been linked to a pair of Texas-based telecommunication companies. New Hampshire Attorney General, uh, uh, excuse me, New Hampshire Attorney General John Formella in a news conference yesterday said the source of the calls were linked to two businesses, Life Corporation and Lingo Telecom. Formella identified Walker Monk as the owner of Life Corporation. Formella said the investigation is ongoing and suggested it involves additional entities other than Life Corporation and Lingo Telecom. He did not say who or what entity was ultimately behind the disinformation campaign, Republican Party, and the creation of the AI Audio Uh, In creation of the AI audio. Uh, Formella said, We have issued a cease and desist letter to Life Corporation that orders the company to immediately desist violating New Hampshire election laws. We have also opened a criminal investigation and we are taking the next steps in that investigation, sending document preservation notices and subpoenas to Life Corporation, Lingo Telecom, and any other individual or entity. The calls were made ahead of New Hampshire's presidential primary in January, urging New Hampshire voters not to vote in this in the contest and instead save their vote for the November election. Like if you voted now, you wouldn't be allowed to vote later. Charges have yet to be filed, but he uh, may, uh, I'm talking um, this this guy, what's his name, whatever his name is, he may want to up his security, I'm sure a monk, yeah, Monk has had cases before the FCC for robocalls before. So he's, he's been call, called out on this before. He's a criminal, in other words. So you know the Republican Party hates Bud Light, right? Remember Bud Light, uh, they had a spokesperson who was trans, and that blew up on the Republican side, and they said, no more Bud Light. And Bud Light actually lost a lot of money because of it. Uh, but you also know, I mean, even though the Republican Party hates Bud Light, you also know they love Bud Light money. They love that money that Bud Light has. The court is a huge corporation, right? Uh, anheuser Bush, uh, the Super Bowl ads, they're going to have the Clydesdale that are in the Super Bowl. Uh, Trump, posted on his failing social media platform. The Bud Light ad was a mistake of Epic Proportions, and for that, a very big price was paid. But Anheuser-Busch is not a woke company. Anheuser-Busch is a great American brand that, des- that perhaps deserves a second chance. What do you think? Perhaps instead we should go we should be going after those companies that are looking to destroy America. Okay. It was well, well written that post was written by Anheuser Bush I guarantee it I guarantee I guarantee fucking tea it because <laughs> Trump Trump wouldn't know how to say this he he wouldn't know how to say he, he would rant or something I don't know so why would Trump suddenly flip-flop on Anheuser Bush and on Bud Light why would he do it? Trump's message comes as a top Republican lobbyist for uh, the Anheuser-Busch company is set to host a fundraiser for Trump next month with some tickets going at $10,000 a pop. Jeff Miller. A close confidant of former Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who built his Washington business during the Trump years, announced on formerly Twitter yesterday that he would be hosting the fundraiser. You know, I, I find it kind of funny that a guy named Miller is hosting a fundraiser for Anheuser Bush, but you know, whatever. Uh, the event is set to feature dozens of members of Congress and Republican leadership, as well as Trump Jr., Do you think they're going to be serving Bud Light there? (laughs) Uh, Tomorrow, when the Supreme Court takes their seats, they will have a pile of crap in front of them. We already know how Samuel Alito and Clarence Uncle Tom Thomas will vote. The concern is with the other seven justices. And honestly, we also have to see if Thomas, Justice Thomas, will recuse himself. The dispute before the court involves whether former President Donald Trump is ineligible for a second term in office because of his conduct surrounding the January 6, 2021, insurrection. A decision against him could disrupt his bid for a second term in the White House. The outcome of the legal battle is expected to reverberate across all 50 states since it could provide clarity about Trump's eligibility for the primary and general election ballots. The Colorado case is up front. Six voters filed against Trump for uh, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, known as the Insurrection Clause, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment has never in the nation's history been used to disqualify a presidential candidate. That changed in December when the Colorado Supreme Court concluded that Trump's conduct related to the January 6th insurrection deemed him ineligible for the presidency. The court ordered him to be excluded from the state's GOP presidential primary ballot. Those six voters by the way comprise four Republicans and two unaffiliated voters in Colorado the voters argued that Trump is disqualified from holding the presidency under section 3 and should be excluded from the Colorado primary and general election ballots of course crew is be is uh, are, is providing the lawyers for this by the way uh, I believe it, it was crew that's doing it In addition to Colorado, the Secretary of State in Maine determined that Trump is barred from holding office and should be excluded from the primary ballot. A state court, though, paused that decision and ordered the Secretary of State to reconsider her finding once the Supreme Court rules. Now, the Supreme Court has several options. They can decline to hear it and leave it up to the uh, lower courts that already made the decision, uh, which they haven't done, Right, so it's probably going to happen starting tomorrow. Uh, The Supreme Court can side with Trump and say everybody has to do it. The Supreme Court can say, "Nope, Trump, you're off the ballot," or, or in an insane uh, 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 decision, the Supreme Court could say it is up to the states. In which court case, half the states? would have Trump off the ballot. Interesting, right? Uh, Do you remember when Hunter Biden walked out of Congress when Marjorie Taylor Greene started speaking? And Marjorie Taylor Greene called him out for it. Uh, She said, Excuse me, Hunter, apparently you're afraid of my words. During a hearing... On crime in Washington, D.C., a Democratic lawmaker gave her a reminder about her own recent past. Green had a lengthy rant at the meeting, and Representative Robert Garcia uh, from California, Democrat, responded next. He said, That was a lot, then pointed out what he found ironic about Green talking about crime in Washington, D.C. She literally supported an insurrection and uh, an attack on the Capitol. He said Green coddled the insurrectionists when she visited them last year in jail, where she offered them handshakes and pats on the back and said they were political prisoners. Garcia reminded her of all this. He said they actually tried to overthrow the government. That caused Green to decide to walk out of the hearing. She appeared to shout something as she left, but it's not clear what she tried to say. I'll say this. (laughs) Excuse me, Marjorie. Apparently you're afraid of other people's words. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what she said to Hunter, right? Uh, I have to say. This was really embarrassing for Nikki Haley. Nevada was embarrassing for Nikki Haley. As we talked about yesterday, Nevada was confusing for Republicans with a primary and caucuses. None of these candidates is a voting option in Nevada for all statewide presidential and vice presidential election ballots. This option is listed along with the names of individuals running for the position and is often described as a none of the above. The option first appeared in Nevada ballots in 1975 uh, uh, if the none of the, uh, none of these candidates option received the most votes in an election then the actual candidate who received the most votes still wins the election uh, you know re- re- Republicans actually challenged this none of the bu- uh, none of the above um, option saying that it, it's illegal since none of the above is not a real person um, uh, they challenged that. Uh, it was uh, struck down, but it, uh, on appeal, a, the, uh, 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 the court said that it was freedom of speech, uh, saying that you weren't happy with any of the options. So, anyway, uh, the good news is Nikki Haley won the Nevada primary. The bad news is, she came in second place to none of these candidates, and she doesn't get any delegates anyway because they will go to Trump tomorrow in the caucuses. It has happened before, but I believe this is the first time it happened to a presidential candidate. Uh, normally, I don't report on local cases, but this one has major consequences. A landmark guilty verdict in the case against Jennifer Crumley, whose teenage son, Ethan Crumley, murdered four Michigan high school students and wounded seven other people in the 2021 shooting. A Michigan jury found the mother guilty of four counts of involuntary manslaughter, one for each person killed, Each count has a maximum sentence of 15 years, meaning she faces up to 60 years behind bars. Uh, She'll probably get like 12 years. Her husband, James Crumley, is set to go uh, go to trial next month for the same manslaughter charges. Their son, who is now 17, previously pleaded guilty to murder and terrorism charges and is serving life in prison without the possibility of parole. Why is this so crazy? It will have a... Ready for this? Ready for this term? It will have a chilling effect on gun owners and buyers because they can be held accountable for someone else's actions. Jennifer and James Crumley are the first U.S. parents to be tried on manslaughter charges for their child's mass shooting. They not only bought their son a pistol, but are accused of failing to keep it secured and ignored his mental health struggles. And this is not over. This is not yet so over. There's more cases. The school district will also be held accountable. An independent investigation eventually found that the district failed to follow its own threat assessment policy. I just gotta say this, gun owners, beware. Uh, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen announced the body would withdraw its proposed law to sharply cut the amount of chemical pesticides used in the European Union. Oh, this is bad. Uh, This was a move people labeled cowardly. The proposal was first introduced in 2022 and was aimed, and I remember reporting on it, and was aimed at slashing pesticide use in half by 2030 and banning pesticide products in areas including urban area, uh, green spaces, and protecting sites under the Natura 2000 program, as well as promoting the use of sustainable alternatives. Last week, the commission provoked an outcry from environmental advocates when it announced it would allow farmers to delay implementation of a rule requiring them to set aside some of their land to promote biodiversity. Everyone knows the world has to go sustainable in everything. Everybody knows this. Energy, sustainable. Food, sustainable. Water, sustainable. It all has to be sustainable. But that is the opposite of what corporations want because it lowers their bottom line. The future of the world depends on it. Chemicals, have to be removed from the land, from our waters, and from the air or the human race dies. Everybody knows this. Pretty sure that should take precedent, but it doesn't matter. In her speech, von der said farmers deserve to be listened to as they face drought and other effects of the climate crisis. The climate crisis, which is caused by chemicals, right? <laughs> Um, higher costs of she went on, higher cost of living and other factors that make agriculture more expensive. They, she's trying to protect them from that, but it'll only get worse if she if she allows it to continue. She said she said, only if our farmers can live off the land, will goals together, excuse me, uh, live off the land, will they invest in the future? and only if we achieve our climate, and environmental goals together, will farmers be able to continue to make a living? Unfortunately, that is borrowing against our future. That's what I said. Uh, Friends of the Earth said the translation of von der Leyen's comments was, Farmers will keep on being poisoned and nature degraded while the pesticide industry reaps massive profits. The group said we cannot afford to leave the pesticide issue unresolved. We need real solutions now to support farmers in transitioning away from toxic chemicals. This decision will still have to be ratified by the College of Commissioners in the coming weeks. And without pressure, it will be ratified. Yesterday, A federal court in Arizona rescinded the Environmental Protection Agency's 2020 approval of the herbicide Dicamba for use on certain genetically engineered uh, crops. In a 47-page ruling, U.S. District Judge David C. Burry found that the EPA failed to comply with public notice and comment requirements under the federal uh, Insecticide, Fungicide and Rodenticide Act, FIFRA, Uh, Legislation passed in 1947 to protect agricultural workers, consumers, and the environment. Evidence has shown that dicamba cannot be used without causing massive and unprecedented harm to farms as well as uh, endangering plants and pollinators. This is a big win, but it was only a procedural win. Basically, the EPA didn't do the paperwork right. In fact, they didn't do some of it at all. That means the EPA could do it again, but it'll just take more work. And I doubt the Biden administration will go through that to protect a dangerous chemical. However, it's not over. The evil entity Monsanto and BASF will give Trump lots of money to fix this for them just in case he gets elected. A 2021 EPA report revealed that high-ranking Trump administration officials intentionally excluded scientific evidence of dicamba-related hazards, including the risk of widespread drift damage, before reapproving the dangerous chemical. A separate EPA report described the widespread harm to farmers and the environment caused by dicamba during the 2020 growing season, Still serious for the EPA, though, because of the Ninth Circuit previously held, EPA failed to consider serious risks of over-the-top dicamba in issuing the prior registration. The court outlined the massive damage to stakeholders that were deprived of their opportunity to comment, such as growers that do not use the over-top, over-the-top dicamba and suffered significant financial losses and states that repeatedly reported landscape-level damage. Tuesday's <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> Tuesday's decision in Arizona follows a July 2022 ruling by the Eighth Circuit uh, Court of Appeals in St. Louis that found Monsanto and BA, BASF were liable for damage to a Missouri peach farmer's groves caused by ty- dicamba. The problem is, is when you spread it over the top, it just drifts into other people's farms and destroys their crops. You can't have that. Anyway... 47 minutes, not so bad. That's it. Thanks for listening. Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. Man, do I appreciate you coming every day. Bring someone with you if you can today or tomorrow. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. You can tweet to me or ask to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at CyberClub, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S, on formerly known as Twitter. And remember... Always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.